As the world emerges from the shadows of a pandemic, we're all wondering what's next. Has our experience in lockdown altered the future we expected, or has it simply accelerated ongoing change? What's in store for us over the next few years? Join me, Susie Golding, and me, Andrew Clark, in Singapore every week. As we ask leaders across Asia, working in marketing, communications, and lifestyle, one simple question. What's, What's next? next? Welcome to the What's Next podcast. Hi, Susie. Hi, Andrew. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? Our very first podcast. And who are we talking to in our first podcast, Susie? Well, I'm really pleased to have um, a really good friend of mine and colleague, Catherine Wolf. And I've known Kath for years. Um, in fact, since I arrived 10 years ago, she's always sort of been there. Um, you know, we, we, we've worked together. Um, she's helped me hire some really great people. She's been a fantastic coach and mentor to me. So I'm really looking forward to having a bit of a chat with her um, and finding out what she thinks is what's next for her industry. That sounds fantastic. Well, without any further ado, it sounds to me as though we should jump in. Right, we're live. We're live. We're live. Sorry, I'll let you go first, Susie, then me. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Kath, do you want to um, kick us off with just a little bit more about you and about 33 Talent? Good morning, Andrew and Susie. Thanks for having me today. Um, so my name's Catherine Woof, and I'm the co-founder and MD of 33 Talent. Um, we're a talent consultancy that specializes in recruitment, HR consultancy and coaching. Um, we actually um, came to life as a specialist recruitment agency back in 2012, and we're actually eight today. <laughs> so happy birthday to us. Um, so eight years has been a journey for us. Um, we started off in recruitment, specializing in the digital data and communication sectors. So we always had quite a niche, quite a focus on those areas. Um, but over time, um, we have evolved our business to be a full service talent consultancy. You mentioned um, that you've been on a journey with the business and, and happy birthday, by the way. Um, eight years is no mean feat um, as, a, as a small business owner, for sure. <laughs> um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like. So moving from, I mean, obviously your background was also in recruitment. Um, what did you, what were you trying to sort of create with 33 Talent that would be new and perhaps disruptive? Um, within the sector? Yeah, well, our original mission statement actually said um, that our mission is to disrupt the world of recruitment. Um, and what was really interesting is when you start with a vision like that in mind, um, a lot of the change which then happens to your organisation, um, it kind of comes to you naturally. So um, soon our clients were asking us to help them with their HR. So all of a sudden we were becoming both a recruitment consultancy and a HR consultancy. We were going on site. Um, we were helping them with their onboarding processes. We were looking at their appraisal processes for them, helping them rewrite job adverts and just helping with the whole process to do with recruitment, but from a HR point of view. Um, and that led us down a track where in 2018, um, I actually trained as an ICF certified coach um, and we opened a coaching practice at 33 Talent. Um, and for us, it really felt like the sort of the trifecta of, of the career life cycle. So you, you get a job, 
you know, and then once you've got that job, it's HR that keeps you happy, developed, let's hope anyway, and engaged. Um, and then it's coaching, which actually takes those people and helps them rise up to the next level. And when they go up, they grow and the business grows. And what happens then is you need to recruit again. So everything's kind of spinning up in an upward cycle, um, which we call the talent life cycle. And, and we work into all three areas. But something's come along to... Um disrupt that life cycle hasn't it in the form of covid so what's the experience been like for you over the last few months the whole world every industry has been disrupted in one way or another um, even for those who've kind of had an upwards disruption like in amazon you know it's still put incredible challenges to that company of whether they can recruit enough members of staff quickly and then of course there's lots of other people um, who are experiencing challenges which are not positive the way that it's affected us is our recruitment business was actually 50% of our revenue in 2019 and coaching and HR was the other 50% of our revenue so we'd taken some really big strides in that transformation it wasn't just a bolt on it had really become you know half of our business at the moment, um, the recruitment activity is lying at nothing, you know, with our regular clients are not recruiting. Um, so that recruitment team that we had in play, we've been able to deploy them into all of our HR and coaching functions, um, but it takes a whole team to deploy them. So we've put together a COVID survival pack for the market. We're standing by our clients, deploying employee engagement surveys. Um, they're helping clients with market maps and research projects. Um, we're offering um, one hour coaching session to leaders. And I should say all of those things have been offered free of charge. What's interesting, isn't it, from this this period is where in some cases you're seeing um, not a new trend or a new way of doing something. You're seeing an acceleration of something that had started pre-COVID um, and has ramped up during COVID. Um, so things like more employee engagement and leaders realizing that, you know, they have to go above and beyond in terms of supporting their employees, both from a mental health perspective, but also from a very practical perspective. So what's your thoughts on as we all start to come out of lockdown and, 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 and go post COVID, what do you think is, is next for your sector? Mm, I feel like it's been a massive acceleration. Um, so um, some of the data that's been used constantly across the news at the moment is about employee mental health. Um, and the thing about coaching is it's a, it's a forward-looking discipline. So um, coaching is really about what do you want to achieve in the future and, and how are you going to get there? So it's about moving forward. And I really think the world is going to be so ready to move forward from all of this. I mean, you know, we, we're just going to want to um, go forward and look at what's next, next in every area of life. Um, but what's really interesting is that um, the kind of stats that have come out at the moment, I mean, I'm reading reports all the time. I read one this week that said um, employees who are in stronger team environments express a much lower rate of distraction. Um, so they're only distracted 16% when there's a strong team environment, whereas colleagues who are actually in a weak team environment um, 56% of them struggle to, um, to concentrate on what they're doing. So when you're reading stats like that, um, every day of the week, I'm seeing that in the press and it's in, it's in the Straits Times. It's not in the HR magazines. I mean, it's in them too. Um, but we're talking about how employee um, mental productivity is linked to um, something that the CFO would care about. 
Um, you know, so who knew the CFO was going to care about employee mental health? We knew the HR team would. We hoped the CEO would. But the CFO, um, that person's looking at the bottom line and they're realizing that this is an area that needs to be looked into. So I think the coaching discipline, which is scientifically proven to reduce stress, it's scientifically proven to increase productivity. Um, coaching is a discipline. Um, it, it's going to have its moment. It's already having its moment. And when the budget are released to really take it forward as, as we move through 2020. I'll be really interested to see how even a CFO could be instructing um, that there should be some coaching within an organisation. It would be really interesting to see if the experience that um, people managers and leaders have had during this pandemic and the employees and people who work for them, the experience they've had, um, you know, the, the level of acceptance from an employee on what is good employee engagement, what is good employee care and welfare will have changed immeasurably on what their expectations might be. And that means that, you know, does that mean that you're hopeful that the changes that you've seen during the pandemic will continue beyond the pandemic, that there will be more... Um, focus and care given to employees because employees now that you know they're not there will only be so much that they'll put up with now right you know because they've seen what it could be like um, and it will make it more difficult for them to go back to how it was before we were in this situation. Yeah, I think when it comes to topics like working from home, um, I know lots of people are offered that notionally, but with the, you know, frank proviso that you, you know, you only, you can do it once a week, but if you do it more than twice a year, then we'll think you're not dedicated. I mean, it's, you know, it's always been um, hard for people to take advantage of agile working practices if their own direct managers don't support it. So the system can be put in place by the company. But the truth is the person who does your appraisal and, and their attitude towards it is the one who's really going to set whether members of that team take advantage of agile work practices or not. Um, but I think um, in order for um, for the for the changes to be permanent and for people to um be able to justify changes in work practices or um, increased interest in employee engagement schemes over the long term, it has to be linked to ROI. It has to be linked to data. And at the moment, the thing that the pandemic is giving us is um, a, a magnifying glass, which shows us that when you know things are really, really tough, it, it really is linked to data because as if people are struggling at home with no balance in their life, worried and distracted, then they will not be productive. But the thing is, when life returns to, um, you know, normal, <laughs> if we could say that, a life with no pandemic, um, you know, will will such an emphasis be put on productivity anymore? Because um, people probably shouldn't be as distracted um, or trying to balance children out of school or the fact that when they live alone, they've not seen anyone for two months um, with their working life. Um, so when we take away those stressors, does that mean that we don't that we forget about the message that we learn? And I'm sorry to say the answer might be yes, unless the profession um, of HR, of coaching, or of, of anyone who's involved in employee engagement and development 
um, learns to demonstrate continuously to the CFO's office why it's a benefit to the company to invest in that. Which I think brings us on beautifully to where we ask you, what have you been reading? What have you been watching? And what have you been listening to? Sure, I would love to share um, the things which my husband has been listening to. Because <laughs> 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 he's my new co-worker and he's the person who chooses the music in our house. So I, I had a laugh thinking through these questions, thinking, well, we'll, we'll go with what he's been putting on. Um, and I obviously don't object. And uh, if, I, if I still had a CD player and I could put on my old Tracy Chapman CD, that's what we'd be listening to. <laughs> um, <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> I'm stuck it in a does. musical rut. That, yeah, my, I'm stuck in a musical rut. Um, it's it, it's just background for me, but he really cares about it. And we've been listening to Lord Huron quite a lot, which was the one which I thought I'd want to recommend because it's a very sort of melodic, great background music, but it really sort of makes you feel like, you know, you're heading to a festival um, in summer with your friends. Um, so that's a lovely one to listen to whilst you're working from home. I've actually been reading Drive by Dan Pink. Um, Dan Pink's a um, pretty well-regarded spokesperson and author who talks a lot about motivation. And the book Drive will change your life. It's very easy to read, full of interesting facts. um, And it really helps you understand why you do the things that you do in your life and have a good think about how you might want to use that information to to make your choices moving forward so that you can feel super satisfied with every single day. That sounds really good. I mean, when you say it's easy to read, is it easy to read in the sense that it's short and not preachy? Because that's those are two extremely important things to me, short and not preachy. I find a lot of these books, they're very preachy. He he writes his book, it's a story. He he creates a story. He creates a narrative and that's why he's famous because he's got a really nice way of delivering the information oh that's great what you watching don't say tiger king <laughs> we have recently watched that but i did not i did not choose that one do you know we have just watched and we might be a little bit late to the game here but um it's called the spy with sasha baron cohen oh it's great oh yeah it's great oh my goodness it's filmed on a beautiful film very old-fashioned like all of the color kind of leached out of it like very art deco-ish um, and the the locations are in Buenos Aires Tel Aviv um, it, it's just it's beautiful and it's very interesting and it's the true story about an Israeli spy who infiltrates the Syrian regime yeah it's fabulous it's a great series and you really see a different side to him as well don't mm. you as an actor and, and obviously it's him being serious right as opposed to running around pranking people <laughs> and making you cry laughing yes he's come a long way since Ali G he really has, <laughs> he has. <laughs> thanks for that recommendation that was great and thanks very much for thanks very much for coming along. Thanks very much for being our first. This one in the bag. Thank you so much for initiating this, guys. I think it's a, a like I can't wait to tune in. Seriously. Yeah, thanks, Kath. It's brilliant. Bye. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Some really great insights there from Kath, yeah? For me, the one thing that I was really taken by is the fact that she's identified clearly that the HR process is actually quite transactional and her company has gone out to disrupt all of that. Yeah, like some things I didn't really think about, like how 
important it is to look after your employees' mental health for leaders, you know, and how this period has really brought that to the fore. I thought that was really interesting and it would be really interesting to see if that actually happened. Well, actually, you know, we're recording this after the interview and immediately after the interview, I went off to find the band Lord Huron and literally spent the whole weekend listening to them. They're great. They're an American indie folk band based in Los Angeles and their music is super good and exactly as Kath said, really good to work to. Oh, great. I'll have to check it out. So who do we have next week? So next week, we have a very good friend of yours, don't we, Andrew? Yes, we've got Mr. Jason De La Pena. Now, he is an old mate of mine. We've known each other, I guess, for probably about the last 10 years or so. We met on a shoot for Fox Sports, where he is an anchor, reporter, and broadcaster. Normally, at this time of the year, is, you know, on the road. Uh, reporting and doing live coverage at places like Wimbledon and the US Open and all of these big tournaments. It's not just tennis, it's the whole gamut. He's also had a very celebrated career as a professional cricketer in county cricket in the UK. Our next episode is going to be with him and we're going to be asking him about what's next in the world of sports. What an industry to have been impacted by the last few months, right? It'd be really good to hear from Jason and his experience and I'm sure he's been speaking to sportsmen and women as well. Um, over the last few weeks so we might get some some juicy insights from uh, celebrity sports people Andrew it seems as though sport is now creeping back I'll be very pleased that sport is creeping back and then I can become a golf widow again and get my Saturdays back just for me You've been listening to me, Andrew. And me, Susie, and our lovely guest. On What's Next, the podcast which asks just that. If you enjoyed listening, like, subscribe, leave a review. And do recommend us to anyone else that you think would find our ramblings interesting. You can find this podcast on all the major channels where you find your podcasts. So join us next week when we'll be asking someone else. What's What's next? next?